have got to go. They're down two scores. Andy Reid knows it. They need seven yards here for a first down. Fourth down and seven. Here's Mahomes back into the pocket. It holds, fires deep down the middle, intercepted. It is picked off by the Raiders. Jeff Heath, 20, 15, 10, 5. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. First down and goal at the two-yard line. Bets. It's to get that money podcast. It is week six. I am Nate Stevenson, and as usual, I'm joined by Mr. Big Boopy Skirman and Tony T Bone Guarino. How is everybody doing today? I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, for the first time, we will be recording on a game day as we have Bills v Titans tonight. So it'll be pretty cool to watch that. And uh, depending on how long we take to record here, we might even get a little live action on that. But we shall see. Finally, COVID uh, NFL season actually has its benefits. It does. This is one of the kind of hidden benefits of it is I get a football on a day or I get football on a day that I normally would. Tuesday night NFL, baby. Make it a real thing. What's up, Tom? The Wizard of Oz, that was based on true events, right? <laughs> I'm going to need you to elaborate, man. <laughs> What does it take to conjure up one of those tornadoes to, you know, whisk off a team into Oz? <laughs> if you can make it happen, I have an idea of what city you would like to do that to. That's uh, right. Well, we're not in Kansas anymore, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> oh, well, besides that, you know, another one of those challenging weeks in the NFL. Boy, these, these COVID times have uh, really posed the challenge out there, um, you know, in the betting world. But, uh we're getting through. We're getting by. Looking forward to week six. I feel you, man. I know KC cost us both many, many units last week. So that's uh, winning many, many units. I got to stress. So the, definitely disappointing in that regard, but not a disappointing week for the Locks. Bill. No, the Locks actually had a very good week. The Locks went five and two last week. And I'll give a little recap for you. Uh, Thursday night, we had Tampa Bay minus four and a half against Chicago. Uh, that was a miss. Sadly, Tom Brady forgot, you know, there's you only get four downs in a given series. And, uh, you know, something happened along the way there. And he, he lost track of it. Uh, we had the Cardinals minus seven, Panthers plus three, Ravens minus 12 and a half. We had the Dolphins plus eight and a half. And I felt like all of those were pretty comfortable wins. Um, we had our first conditional lock ever on the podcast with the Rams minus seven. And we were fortunate enough to see that line dip down there on Wednesday. And that was available throughout the week. So that, that was a pretty easy one to get. Uh, the Rams took care of business for us as well. And then we had the Chiefs minus 12 and a half. And boy, were we wrong on that one. And I know all of us had some parlays that looked great with even them just on the money line. Chiefs lose outright. Uh, we were just dead wrong on that one. Oh, that hurts so bad. So overall, five and two on the week, uh, which we'll definitely take that every week. That brings our total to 18, 14, and one on the season at a 56.25% rate. So you are officially making money if you have stuck with us the whole way this year. And for that, you are welcome. I like making money. I like making money a lot. I, I do get to say, though, it's like, heard a really, really funny story real quick because you, you, you uh, jarred my memory here with the Tom Brady thing. 
Um, I'm not sure how true this is, so I'm going to you know, put a little asterisk on it. But I saw on Twitter, I, I believe it was the real Ian Rappaport that said that it was heard in the Tampa Bay locker room that Tom Brady was saying that why didn't anybody tell me that it was fourth down and that there was a player that actually said to him, well, you don't have Belichick to hold your hand anymore, do you now? That didn't go over too well. But, like, if that was really said by one of his teammates, that's that's the best burn ever. I just – I I laughed hysterically at that. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I just had to share that. So uh, if we're if we're good to go here, we can we can move on to this week. All right. Well, no Thursday night football this week, so we're gonna have to kick right into Sunday, and we'll start things off with the Atlanta Falcons at the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings laying three and a half, and the over under at fifty four and a half. All right. Yeah. So the Falcons finally did what was arguably a year overdue, and they fired their coach and their GM because. The owner finally realized that they've underperformed ever since they underperformed in the second half of the Super Bowl. So Falcons are finally moving in a new direction. Uh, they are getting three and a half points against the Vikings, as you said. I like the Vikings here. Vikings had a pretty tough schedule, as it turns out, to start the year. All of their losses have been against teams with a winning record. So uh, we're only laying three and a half at home. I think the Vikings are trending upward here. And honestly, every year there seems to be a team that comes back from a uh, slow start to make the playoffs. And with there being a seven-team slate per conference this year in terms of making the playoffs, it wouldn't surprise me if the Vikings are one of those last teams in. So you're the Falcons here trending down, the Vikings trending up. Uh, I like the Vikings, minus three and a half here. Yeah, I, I just see this one a little bit differently. I, I don't think the Vikings are a great team. I, I think Atlanta still has a lot of talent on offense. Raheem Morris is taking over as the head coach. Uh, last season when he took over as defensive coordinator, they went on a little bit of a run. Um, teams in general tend to play up a little bit uh, whenever they switch their coach, at least for a game or two. They kind of ride that momentum. And, you know, it's always a little bit of a wake-up call for the entire uh, for the entire locker room because guys know – that if they start to not get the job done, it'll be the, the their own uh, their own jobs that are being being cut from the team. So I, I would actually take Atlanta with the points here. I, I don't love it. I mean, they've screwed me enough for multiple years at this point. So especially when you pick against them. <laughs> yeah. At, at the end of the day, it's a pass. But if you made me, I would take the foul. All right. Up next, we have the Baltimore Ravens at the Philadelphia Eagles. Ravens laying seven and a half and you're over under at 48. And we're going to continue with the trend, which is the Ravens beating up on bad teams and the Eagles are a bad team as is. I was going to say most actually all of the NFC East. The Eagles are just the second best bad team in the NFC East at the moment. So we're only laying seven and a half. The, the Ravens again, You've said they take care of business against bad teams. I feel pretty good about that. I really think there's much much more to add. Take the Ravens, minus seven and a half. Keep it pretty simple. Yeah, this is one that we thought about using a conditional lock on, but I, I just don't see the line moving that way. So I think it's best for us to just grab it now at the seven and a half. And I love the Ravens, minus seven and a half. 
Who was the wide receiver last week that went off against Steelers? Uh, Fulgrim. Fulgrim. I, I don't see that happening again. I don't see Miles Sanders breaking a 70-yard draw for a touchdown. I mean, the, the Eagles scores. I don't want to call them fluky because they are they did earn them. But they're just I don't see them being repeatable against another very good team. And this is just what the Ravens do. They're going to get the lead. Then they're going to increase it. And they're going to increase it some more. I love them to cover the minus seven and a half. And uh, that's our first lock of the week. Oh, lock it in. Get that money. Okay, up next, we have the Chicago Bears at the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers laying two and a half and the over-under at 44. The Bears might not suck, especially with Nick Foles at quarterback, which really sucks because I like when I know that a team sucks because it makes betting much easier, especially when I have a very juicy line in my favor. This, in theory if the Bears sucked, would be one of those weeks because the the Panthers have shown themselves to not be a horrible team. They're three and two. They're arguably the second to third team in their division. But the Bears have also shown themselves to be a team that does not suck. Now, the verdict is out as to whether that will be the narrative for their season. But again, at the moment, they're a four and one. It finally gets to a point where you can't ignore four and one. They're four and one. The Panthers are three and two. I would say that both teams have overperformed expectations at this at this point. It's I think this should be much closer to a pick'em than the Bears getting three. So I'm just gonna stay away from it. Yeah, I view this as a game where I think it is two teams of equal quality here. And like Nate said, at some point, I just have to admit I was wrong with my preseason diagnosis of these guys. And they're just better than I thought. I actually do have the Bears in a pick'em contest that I'm in. Uh, As far as we go, it's a pass because I I don't feel that strong about it. But if you made me, I would take the Bears. Okay, moving on to the Cincinnati Bengals at the Indianapolis Colts. Colts laying eight, and you're over-under at 46.5. Oh my God, am I really going to take the Bungles plus eight? Am I, I going to do it? Nate, it's 2020, baby. You know, anything goes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right? You know what? You're right. It is 2020. We live in a world where the Bengals might be a real pick. It is 2020. And Phillip Rivers was drafted in 2004. And he sucks. So Bengals plus eight. Let's go. Uh, all right. I, I also love the Bengals plus eight. Um, They have covered eight points in every single game except for last week, which happened to be against the Ravens. And we've already discussed what the Ravens do to teams that they're probably going to win against. So fortunately for us, the Bengals are not playing the Ravens this week. We're getting eight points over a touchdown. Get that money. Let's go. Bengals, it's a lock. I'll lock it in. Get that money. Field River sucks. Up next, we have the Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers laying three and a half in the over-under at 51. This is going to be a good game. This is going to be a really close game. I think the Browns have finally arrived a year later than was predicted. There was a lot of Kool-Aid being sipped last year on the Browns. I think this is one of those deals where they are this year, they're for real. I'm going to give them some respect. 
So I, I do expect our boys to be ready for them. I also expect the Browns to come in and be ready for the Steelers. They know this is an important game. Right now, the Steelers are in first place. The Browns are in top. The Browns are tied for second with the Ravens. So this is there's a log jam at the top of this division. Normally, when you're dealing with an AFC North game, it's going to be a little lower scoring. I actually don't expect this to be the case. The Browns have some injuries in the secondary. The Steelers don't have a bad secondary, but they've been blitzing the hell out of people and have exposed their secondary, which is one of the reasons I, I think that we've seen some higher scoring games with the Steelers. Uh, ben, you know, getting better by the week, more weapons arriving by the week, showing themselves by the week. Claypole being the latest last week and McLeod. This is an extra little wrinkle in the offense, which I appreciated. So I think this is going to be a really, really close game. I think the Steelers are going to win. I don't think it would be a bad bet to take the Browns plus four uh, because I think the Steelers are only going to win by a field goal. So I don't think it's a bad bet to take the Browns plus four. But I honestly think the best bet in this game, and I can't believe I'm saying this, in AFC North action is the over of 51 points because both of these offenses have shown an ability to put up some points. So I like the Steelers to win. I like a close game and I like over 51 points. You guys know, I don't like to pick Steelers games that much. So in that sense, I don't like the game a whole lot. If you made me, I would take the Steelers with the points, but I don't love it. And I am afraid of it for uh, a lot of the reasons that Nate's already said. Uh, I am down with the over. Now, if you look at the Steelers' schedule, they have only covered the number of 51 as far as going over that uh, just last week. But the teams they've played against are the Giants, Broncos, and Texans, who are hardly offensive juggernauts. Now, Cleveland has found themselves offensively, uh, except for their game against Baltimore this year. And I do think you're going to see both quarterbacks throwing for a lot of yards and getting a lot of points in this game. I think it's a high-scoring affair. And 51 going into last week was actually the average score in all NFL games uh, as far as your team, as far as the total is concerned. So I think we can cover that. And that is another lock for us this week. Oh, yeah, lock it in. Get that money. Go Steelers. All right, moving on, we have the – Detroit Lions at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Lions laying three and a half and the over-under at 54 and a half. They are who we thought they were. Exactly. The Jags have finally shown themselves to be who we think they are. And that's a bunch of scrubs. That's one of the worst teams in the league. That's a top five team in the draft next year. They suck. They tried really, really hard to show that they don't suck. But in the end, right now, this season, they suck. And the Lions have gotten healthier. The Lions are one of those teams I would put in the category of teams that start slow with a chance to make a run at a six or seven seed to make the playoffs. I'd definitely put them in that. So you only give me a field goal here. Jags have had some injuries on defense. And again, Jags have showing themselves to be who we think they are. Give me the Lions minus three. I think it's an easy bet. Now, to be clear, the current line is minus three and a half, correct? Uh, that's what I'm seeing. 
All right. Now, I, I would take the Lions there, but I think this is a great situation for what we've been kind of talking about the last two weeks. Wait for it to get down to minus three, and which is what Nate was talking about. And I, I like I like it way more at minus three here. Don't don't sacrifice that checkpoint. And I do think this is one of those lines that will actually go down at some point this week and give us the minus three. The Jaguars stink. Uh, the Lions do not. They're not outstanding, but I think we're good enough to cover a minus three coming off of a bye week last week. And we will conditionally lock the Lions at minus three. Oh, yeah, lock it in. Get that money. Conditionally. All right, for our final one o'clock game, we have the Washington football team at the New York football Giants. The Giants will lay three, and your over-unders at 43 and a half. I'm sorry, Tome, but like ever since the spreadsheet, they are forever known for the rest of this season as WTF to me. <laughs> like I write them down as WFT and I still see WTF. Maybe it's dyslexia, but it's WFT, WTF. Yeah, that's which honestly is pretty much what I say to any game that they're in, probably against them. And that's my reaction this week. They're facing the Giants, who are just marginally better but only by a field goal as far as the spread makes it. So I think the Giants have the better offense and the better quarterback. And I will take the Giants minus three. I'm going to keep it that simple. Uh, In this case, my friend, I believe you are wrong because I would actually take the football team plus three. The Giants were not able to break 20 points in any game this season until they played the lowly Cowboys defense last week. Um, the Giants' offensive line first is place a, Cowboys. First, well, yes, they, they are the first place of the JV team, <laughs> or I'm sorry, the JV leagues here. You know, the <laughs> NFL Series B, if there, you will. There you go. Okay, they should be relegated. Uh, but anyway, the Giants' offensive line has been poor this season. The football team defensive front is probably the greatest strength of the team. So. I find myself in a spot again where it's two teams of similar quality. Give me the one with the plus points. I would actually take the football team plus three. A momentary pause for a slight podcast edit this week. The New England Patriots are scheduled to play the Denver Broncos this Sunday at 1 p.m. This is a postponement game from week five to week six due to uh, various COVID uh, restrictions. Um, at the time that we record the podcast, which is on Tuesdays, we were uh, unable to see any lines on the game. Uh, it was not 100% confirmed at the time, so therefore we did leave it out of this podcast. But be sure to check your favorite books, see what's out there for you, and get that money. All right, kicking off the late afternoon games with the 4 o'clock start, you have the New York Jets at the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins laying 8, and you're over-under at 47 and a half. Boop, it's that time. What time is that? Uh, it's time to bet against the Jets. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Dolphins laying eight points. Honestly, I'd probably lay 14. Word is this week that Le'Veon Bell wants out. Well, big surprise. You signed a big-ass contract with a horrible team. Big surprise. Your team is still horrible. They've been horrible. 
They're going to be horrible all season. Probably going to be horrible for the next two seasons because they're going to draft another quarterback in the top five of the draft next year. And by the time they actually get a competent team and quarterback, you will be too old to actually take advantage of it because you're running back and you've aged out of it. So, again, bet against the Jets. Jets suck. Dolphins minus eight. Uh, I would say the Jets are worse than an injured 49ers team who Fitzpatrick laid the smackdown to last week. So I feel pretty good about laying eight against the Jets with the Dolphins. What say you there, Mr. Boofy? Uh, I also feel excellent about laying eight against the Jets. You already touched on the number. We've said it for a few weeks now. Until the Jets hit a plus 14, I'm going against them. And this is only eight, which the last time I checked is under the magic number of 14. Give it to Dolphins, minus eight, and let's lock it in. Lock it in! Get that money! Jets up. All right, just two late afternoon games. So the second of the four o'clock games is the Green Bay Packers at the Tampa Bay Bucks. Packers will lay two and a half in the over-under at 54. So my biggest concern is at the end of this game is if Tom Brady is going to remember whether he's winning or losing with how he's going to handle the end of the game. Am I up by four points or down by four points? Oh, my God. I still can't believe you did that. Like, take take your vitamins, Tom Brady, please. <laughs> Don't forget. Don't forget what down it is. Sounds like he did take his vitamins before the game. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of people who did take their vitamins this season, A-Rod looking like he's like 29 or 30 this year, back in his prime, just absolutely crushing it. And the Packers only laying two and a half points and a healthy Devontae Adams back in the fold. I'm loving the Packers this week. I mean, they're dangerous in the run game, in the pass game. And you still have the Buccaneers not at full strength on offense, which is a big deal. You still have Godwin most likely being out because of the hammy. And Evans, I expect to be a little bit better this week, but having played a full game against the Bears on a bum ankle, I don't expect him to be back to 100% quite yet. I I, I really like the Packers here. Laying only under a field goal, I, I, I love that bet. I will be making it on Sunday. I understand where you're coming from. And I might include that bet myself in a home run parlay or something like that. For but for the most part, this is a stay away for me. Uh, to me, it's it's two good teams that are going to be going at it. Tough to predict. You know, it's one of those. It's great to watch, but I don't really want to bet it, and it will be a pass for me. All right, so that takes us to our Sunday night football game, which will feature the Los Angeles Rams at the San Francisco 49ers. The Rams are going to lay three and a half, and your over unders at. 50 and a half. So I think it was about two years ago. We were just, we were just messing around. Like me and Booth used to share a uh, house with another roommate. And he showed me this video. He's like, yeah, I got to show you this video. And it was just this, all these different Rams just running into stuff. <laughs> it was been like, crap, crap, And it, the, every time the guy said that, I like, was doing the voiceover. Which is like this ram would just crush him. Like you would just clay this dude. Would clay this bike. Hey, get your bike up out of here, man. Would clay this wall. Like the ram would just blow something up. And as soon as we started talking about this game, 
I go to Boof. It's like, hey, Boof. Crank. 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 <laughs> and that's how I feel about this game. The Rams are going to just straight up cram headbutt the Niners. And they're going to they're gonna roll. They're going to roll. Like, the Niners, uh, uh, they aren't getting any more healthier on defense. They aren't. Last year, when the Rams were bad, when they had their down year, and the 49ers had their Super Bowl year, it's in Super Bowl representative because we all know they choked against the Chiefs. When they had their Super Bowl year, the Rams still played in tough. Now you're giving me a year where the Rams are up and the 49ers are down. Last week, Ryan Fitz Voodoo Magic picked the 49ers secondary apart. You're telling me that Sean McVay and Jared Goff aren't going to mad scientist a game plan up and just tear their ass up? No, there's no way I don't believe it's going to happen. Give me the Rams. We're only looking at beating them by four points. I think they're going to win by double digits. Give me the Rams all day. Cram! I'm with you on the cram. Uh, I love the Rams. I thought your point was great as far as the 49ers' health. I mean, last week was about as healthy as they're going to get. I mean, Jimmy G was back. Kittle was in the game. Did a, did Debo play? He did. Debo played. I mean, defensively, they're not going to get any healthier. They're, they'll get Sherman back at some point. The other guys are out for the year. They're not going to get any healthier on D. So we already saw them pretty much back at full health last week. I'm sorry. Like, to me, uh, Kyle Shanahan just doesn't believe in any of his QBs right now. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo got benched at halftime. So was he healthy or was he not? He was healthy enough to play. You, you weren't worried about him getting injured. You were unhappy with his performance. And I just don't see any of that getting any better. And I think the Rams are a better football team than the Dolphins are. And we're only talking about three and a half points here. So I love the Rams minus three and a half. And that's another lock for us. Oh, yeah, lock it in. Get that money. Crank. All right. So that takes us into Monday night's action, which potentially will be a double header here with the Chiefs kicking things off with a five o'clock start. Uh, Chiefs at the Bills, of course. Uh, not a lot out there in the books. There is a money line at around a minus 175 payout. Uh, so we can speculate the line will probably come in around the Chiefs laying three or three and a half. So I'll leave it to you guys to discuss. I will be taking the Chiefs minus three, even though I'm a little upset at Mr. Reed and Mr. Mahomes for last week, costing me several units. I, I still love them. And my... Honest, unbiased opinion on the game is that the Chiefs minus three is a fair line considering I do expect the Bills to be coming in still undefeated. And this is going to be a very, very important game potentially for the number one seed in the AFC. And considering there's only one spot that's getting the bye this year with seven playoff teams, that is extremely important. Now, something to consider is the fact that the Chiefs will have an extra day of rest and the Bills will be coming in not only on a truncated week with a game against the Titans being, you know, backed up, backed up, backed up. Are we going to play? We're not going to play. And now it's on Tuesday, which means the Bills are going to be coming in to play the Chiefs next week on a short week. Let's be real. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes – I don't believe in their career together yet have lost back-to-back games. I don't expect that to be the case here, especially considering that they, like I said, the bills are coming in a short week. 
So we're only talking about a field goal here. I, I really like the Chiefs at a field goal and expect them to win by four or more. And I feel like you can take that to the bank. Yeah, I, I like the Chiefs as well. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Who did who the Chiefs play? <laughs> what timeout? This this is new. They're, they're playing. They're playing my Bills. My Chiefs are playing. Circle the wagons, the Bills, and you're taking the Chiefs. That's right. I, I think in this case we're going to blow up the wagons. Oh my God! <laughs> I'm dude. I'm going to I'm going to tell your boy Josh Allen. I'm tell him. <laughs> Don't tell him. Don't give him any motivation yet because we need him to lose the game. <laughs> uh, the the Chiefs lost their first game in 11 months. So let, let's not overreact. That's almost a year. Almost exactly. Um, let, let's not overreact to the loss. I know it was against the Raiders. I know they were double-digit favorites, and they cost all three of us money. But I still very much believe in this team. Uh, people want to talk about, like, they figured something out against Mahomes where you only rush three or four, sit back in coverage, make them get impatient, blah, 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 blah. They still scored 32 points. And that was in a game where he, he, he threw for, like, 55% uh, completion percentage. He just wasn't as accurate as he typically is. Uh, I, I do think they, I don't think they roll, but I think they're able to cover a field goal. So if we are able to get the line at a field goal, I love the Chiefs minus three, and that will be another conditional lock for us. Oh, yeah. Lock it in. Conditionally. The final Monday night game will be between the Arizona Cardinals and the Dallas Cowboys. The cards laying two and a half. And the over-under at 54. The Cowboys still don't have a defense. They still play in the worst division in football. They now are going from Dak to the Red Rifle at quarterback, which is actually isn't much of a downgrade, but it's still a downgrade. I like the cards slaying under a field goal here. I still think they're an up-and-coming team. Kyler Murray, still an up-and-coming quarterback. Kingsbury, still an up-and-coming head coach. You give me that offense against that horrible, horrible defense. Horrible defense. In large part because of injuries, but still horrible defense. I will lay under three for the cards all day as they are the better team on both sides of the ball. And I also think this is going to be an absolute shootout because the offense for the Cowboys is very, very dangerous. So we're looking at a total of 54 here as well. I love... Minus two and a half for the Cardinals and over 54 for this game all day. Give me that, not get me, but give me all of the money. Booth, do you agree? Uh, yeah, man. I, I see the game the exact same way that you do. I love the Cardinals minus three. I probably would have still taken them even if Dak was playing. Um, Dak is not playing, so I like them to be able to cover that even better. Uh, as far as the over goes, I also love over 54. This is still a horrible defense for the Cowboys, which the Cardinals might be able to cover 50 of that by themselves. And then, like you said, I mean, the backup situa backup quarterback situation in Dallas is a lot better than most of the teams around the league. I mean, you got Andy Dalton, who was able to take the lowly Bengals to the playoffs multiple seasons. I know they didn't get a playoff win or anything, but... We're talking about October football right now. We're not talking about playoff football. So they have a lot of weapons around them still. 
Um, he played well. I think he was 9 of 11 uh, against the Giants, including a game-winning drive. So I think he'll get plenty of competent quarterback play with good players around him. So I think Dallas will still be able to score. And I think we can cover that over 54. So I am down to lock the Cards minus 2.5. And, and we're also going to lock the Cardinals and Cowboys to go over 54. A doubleheader on Monday night, and we got a doubleheader in the Cards Cowboys games for the Get That Money podcast locks. Oh, yeah. Lock it in. Get that money. Twice. I'm going to get, I'm going to interject here real quick. I do believe that based on what we predict this game is going to be, there are some profitable player props we are on the lookout for. My uh, Mr. Player prop genius, Mr. Boofy, would like to share with everybody. Uh, I don't know if I'm the player prop genius after how they went for me this most recent week. But <laughs> happens to everybody. I do think in this particular game, you can definitely look for uh, favorable lines for Kyler Murray, both rushing and throwing. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins yards and receptions. I mean, all, all the usual suspects. So Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, look for all the, all the passing yards you can get. Just look for them. If they, they, if they come in reasonable, take the over. That sounds good to me, man. All right. Well, that wraps up our week. And now, Booth, I'll toss it back over to you to wrap up what is conditionally another historic week on the podcast for the locks. We, uh, we potentially have two records being broken this week with a potential of nine locks. We have the Ravens minus seven and a half, Bengals plus eight, Steelers and Browns to go over 51, Lions as a conditional minus three, Dolphins minus eight, Rams minus three and a half, Chiefs as a conditional minus three, Cardinals minus two and a half, and the Cardinals Cowboys to go over 54 points. Uh, Nate, I know you typically like to share a parlay or two. Would you mind doing so again? Well, first of all, I'd like to start off by saying, if you followed the parlay last week, I apologize for the Chiefs because if the Chiefs would have won, you'd have hit that parlay. So I apologize. That was a nice payout. Oh, my God. Very nice. But sadly, uh, this week being a lot of close games, I don't have a big money parlay I feel super confident with sharing. So I will stay with the any combination of teasing the locks you can feel pretty, pretty good about. So that's what we're going to go with this week. And I will throw it back to you there, Mr. Booth. All right, guys. Well, this is awesome. In another half an hour, we got football on on a Tuesday night. And I personally am looking forward to watching that. But beyond that, be sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast to everyone you know. Best of luck to everybody, and let's get that money. Oh, yeah. Get that money.